The tasks are simple, it's just putting it together that's the challenge. Hello and welcome to the Seems Legit Podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell it like it is, poker playing guitarist, the dude himself, the dude Sonny D. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. Also, if you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sunny D. I thank you all for the continued and growing support here on the Seems Legit podcast. All right, <clears throat> what am I talking about? I'm talking about poker. Uh, as I said, I'm going to try and do a little more poker content over the next little while. I hadn't done some poker content in uh, in quite a bit, and when I had, it hadn't uh, there hadn't been a lot, so. Figured, all right, let's do a little more poker content for all of you out there. So we're going to do that. Uh, as I get my notes here, I had a cable person come by last week and internet, so got that all done. But all right, anyway, poker, yes. So <clears throat> I read something yesterday on Instagram, and I think it was Kale Burns, had uh, Poker Go had posted it, and it was like a, a, uh, a quote from Kale Burns. <coughs> and... I, and I do apologize. It may or may not have been uh, Kale Burns, um, but regardless, uh, it was a top-level player uh, who had said, "When it comes to poker, right there." And I've said this: there's the two types. There's there's tournament game and there's cash game, and I mean, you pick whichever one and play whichever one you want to play. That's your business. That's for you. That's your choice. When it comes to kind of the mechanics of them, that's where the difference lies. Now, the, the idea and the quote that I saw was that this, there is a certain predatory nature to the cash games of poker. And when it comes to those predatory natures, yes, better players can sit around and wait for weaker players. They can find weaker players and capitalize and make money. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's just the way it is. On the other side of that is tournaments. In a tournament, you buy and you get your stack. That's that. Yeah, maybe some tournaments allow rebuys or add-ons or any kind of other thing. But for the most part now, you're given your soldiers, so to speak, and you're told, okay, go to battle and do it. And let's. So today's episode kind of focuses primarily on the tournament aspect of poker. Forgetting the cash game and all of that and whatever it was. But I saw this quote and I, and I want to truly say, and I think it was Kale Burns, and he was right. I do agree with this. I'm not picking on anything he would have said. I'm just saying like, yeah, I agree with that. It was a fantastic point to be made. Uh, but let's talk about poker tournaments for a second. And what, and what I say stands, the tasks involved in winning a poker tournament are actually quite simple. They are actually not quite simple. They are very simple. It's about doing those tasks correctly and avoiding mistakes usually leads you to success. And that's, and that is the formula really to winning poker tournaments. Put yourself in positions to succeed, play to succeed, and you should succeed. When it comes to the tasks involved in winning a poker tournament, I mean, it goes out of the different games and whatnot, but the tasks are simple. You have a bunch of decisions to make. You make those decisions correctly. You keep moving on. You make, those, you make bad decisions. 
you hope that they're not detrimental. You hope that they're not going to be catastrophic and you hope you can kind of live to fight another hand. That's really all it comes down to when it when when you think about tournament poker. It's about making the right decisions at the right time, playing the right style, playing the right game at the right time, avoiding the mistakes that could cost you your tournament life. And when I think about it and why it's arguably the biggest tournament of the year, and it, I mean and and I and I've done an episode talking about whether it is or isn't, but let's keep it as and simple and say it is. When you look at the WSOP main event in Las Vegas every year, um, the reason why it is such a big tournament is probably, A, forgetting just the marketing behind it, but it's the stakes and everything involved when you think about the tournament. It is the deepest structured event that there is. Alright, I want to be very clear on that. Like, let's see here. I'm looking at the schedule right now, so please forgive me. Uh, all right, structure sheet here. I'm pulling it up. All right. The main event of the World Series of Poker is a deep, deep, deep structured event. And and yes, I've talked about this in the past. How players, oh my fucking word, do players get excited for deep stack. I mean, that those words together in a sentence to any poker player they seem to get excited over this they hear the words oh it's a deep oh it's deep stacked oh i'm deep stacked and there's this excitement this intrinsic excitement that comes over them and and you know what let it be it is what it is we all need to have a reason to put on pants in the morning if that's what it is if that's what it takes you to get up and go to the game fine so be it whether it be deep stack short stack medium stack whatever the fuck stack it is it's a tournament it's a deep structured tournament it is deep stacked. It is, and and by deep side, it's just the whole structure is just so deep. The other side of it with the main event is the fact that it is a freeze out event. You get one fucking crack at it. You get one shot at glory, one shot of making the run for the win, one shot of getting the job done. Whichever way you look at that, that's, I mean, that's your business. Right? If it if if you think you know, if, if freeze outs aren't your style of play, so be it. If you don't like freeze out tournaments, that's fine. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, oh wow, you need to start liking freeze out tournament. No, it's your life, it's your poker career, you do with it as you want. Alright? I will not sit here and punish and, and diminish any of that. What I will say though is this part of the mystique and part of that allure and prestige of the main event is the fact that it's not just structured as a single buy-in because of the price buy-in, because I've seen people re-enter the million-dollar tournaments or the $100,000 tournaments or the $50,000 tournaments. It's the fact that you can have all the money in the world. You get one shot at it per year. That is it. That is your crack at glory. You get one shot at it every year and that's what happens either you win it you don't you cash you don't whatever it might be one shot and i see a lot on instagram you know when you follow different poker players and whatever and they talk about oh, this is my most inspired year this is the year i'm gonna get it done follow along whatever those are part of some of those mistakes that i talk about that you, you, just just ignore that shit 
All right. If so, if if you're following people, if you're going to go and play the main event, you're saying, "Oh man, so and so seems really inspired. So and so seems really motivated." Fuck it. Don't let that shit get to you. All right. Your chance. You know. Fuck it. As a matter of fact, I don't think there's been too many times where someone's done that and given the spiel and the bat and all of that. Try. This is the year, guy. And then they they end up doing it. And I think it's because that stuff. That's for them. Whatever their motivation is, whatever they need to do and tell themselves at the table and before they get to the table, that's for them. That has absolutely no bearing on you, on your play, on your decisions, on your results, nothing. It has absolutely nothing. That is for them and it needs to be ignored. So once you've done that, okay, that's your first job. But back to the main event. And I'm, well, I'm not back. This is talk about the main event. It's a $10,000 buy-in, all right? So it's a $10,000 with kind of no insurance on it. If you have the bankroll and it's a $10,000 event, but you can buy back in, you're like, all right, I can learn from that. For, you know, if you bust out, you're like, ah, man, okay. But I, you know what? If I buy back in, I think I can do, okay, fine. So you buy back in. You don't have that chance here. And that's what I talk about. It, it, and, but the, the, the principles remain the same. It's just the culmination of doing a bunch of small individual tasks perfectly and avoiding making mistakes that are detrimental. And I'm sorry, I'm looking at this thing on Jay and Dan, uh, on Sports Night with Jay and Dan right now, where they're showing, I guess, an Avalanche jersey or maybe their alternate jersey or whatever, and it is absolutely hideous. I don't know who designed it or what it is all about, but it is awful. Now they're showing some... Uh, Pac-Man jersey, the a style jersey that's going to be used uh, in the minors, I guess, for maybe one of those CHL All-Star games or prospect games, whatever. That's fine. But the Avalanche jersey that they just showed is hideous. Absolutely hideous. Anyway, oh, and look at this. Regina sent them, um, uh, the WHL sent Jane Dan some jerseys. And those are actually nice jerseys. I like them. Anyway. Uh, nobody's sending me jerseys, so hint, hint. Any of you out there listening that has a, that have a sports team or anything, you want to send me a jersey, send me the jersey. I will wear it when I record the podcast. I will post pictures of me recording the podcast in the jersey. And not only that, I just appreciate the present. So, regardless, back to the main event. $10,000 buy-in. So the stakes now are up on you. And they also have that increased value to you because you don't have a second crack at it. There's no insurance on it. Even if you won five satellites to the main event, you still only can use one of them. You can't, there's no re-entry. So that's the big thing. So it's about making those decisions. But let's look at the structure of the event. So the first thing first is you start with a lot of chips. And that was always the thing. You always start with a lot of chips. Nowadays, you start with... Last year, you started... Or this past year, you started with 60,000 in chips. Main event has two-hour levels. Now, I think in the past few years, and this was the case again this year, you do start with antis right away, which I'm okay with. It's the big blind anti structure on that, that all events adopted this year. And I think moving forward, that's what they're going to go with. And I like the big blind anti structure I think it's a good one. It's fair... It keeps the game moving, and it is what it is, right? If people want to complain, fuck it. The way I look at the big blind ante is this. It's no different than having a min raise that someone three bets you, and then you're like, eh, okay, I got a little out of line there. Here you go. Here, All right, let's move on. That's all it is. It's a min raise that didn't go well if you're not playing the hand. 
That's all it is. So move on with your fucking life. Don't complain about it. Don't sit there. Oh, no. My big blind's coming. Uh Uh-oh, and I've got to post it twice. No. If you're willing to, if you're willing to raise and fold, you're willing to play the big blind ante, period. All right. And, and we've all been there. We've all raised just to have someone re-raise us. And then us be like, okay, you know what? <laughs> Got out of line there with that eight, three offsuit. We're going to, we're going to toss that aside. Let's uh, all move on here. No different. So they, it went with the big blind ante. Now here's why it's a very deep structured event. You start with 60,000 in chips. You play five levels a day. Now, this was the first time, I think, ever, or maybe in a long time, that players were allowed to buy in to the start of a day two. So you could buy in on either July 6th or 7th, which would have been the starts of day, yeah, two. All right, so you could buy in day 2A and 2B was July 6th. And day 2C would have been July 7th. So yeah, they have three entry flights. Plus now this year they allowed you to buy into um, right into day two. Now you couldn't, I think it was before the 11 a.m. start time. So you started at 11 a.m. That ticket had to have been purchased before 11 a.m. That's the way I take it, okay? The main event, because of the two-hour break um, levels, and typically all World Series of Poker events other than heads up, and, and I mean that's just because you get the break when your match is done. Um, give you a 20-minute um, break after every two hours of play in the main event. Since every level's two hours, you get it after every level. I like it. It's a 20-minute break. It's enough to stretch your legs, go use the washroom, get a drink, talk to, you know, friends, family, your rail. And I use air quotes when I say that. I love the terms. I love when, they, you know, terms get introduced. To be like, yes, let's make, let's make this cool again. So your rail is there still don't quite under i guess because you're standing at the rail so they call it now your rail i'm I'm assuming that's the origin of that uh but regardless not here to pick on terminology even though i do find myself sometimes doing that uh regardless uh you're right speak to your whatever you need to do but you play five hour you play five levels a day i believe let's go through this Uh, yeah uh, no, actually on day, yeah, you'll play, play five levels, play five levels, play five levels, play five levels, let's see here, yeah, so once you get to day five, that's when you start playing potentially more than five levels, and I think it just comes down to how many players they have left, um, so basically, yeah, so you go down, now, at a certain point, though, what ends up happening is they stop playing a number of levels and they start playing down to players. So, starting on day seven, they will play down to nine, the final table, which is nine players. They will play down no matter what it is until nine players are reached. After that, they get an off day where they're going to do interviews, promos. And that's why you usually see, for instance, the players that make the final table all kind of show up with the patches on and whatever. Don't think that, oh man, these were guys that were sponsored before. No, all of these like websites and stuff are going to come to them and be like, here's a patch, here's a patch, here's a patch. Whether that patch remains a a permanent thing or not, that's to be decided after, depending where they finish. But it's amazing 
I mean, I've got thoughts on it, but regardless, we can leave that for another day. But yes, that's why you see that. So that next day is basically, let's get everybody, let's give everybody a refresh. They all do interviews and things like that and promos and whatever so that they can make that final table exciting. All right, day eight now of play, which this past year would have been July 14th, 2019. Play now starts generally in the evening when you reach the final table and that's that people at home can be watching it. All right, it's now a televised thing. ESPN's covering it. You'll, they play down from 9 to 6. On day 9, cards again at 6.30. They play down from 6 to 3. And then on day 10, they will play from 3 down to a winner, however long that takes. Typically what happens on the day, on the last day when they're down from 3 to... When they go from 3 to 1 is that third person gets eliminated within that first couple of hours. <clears throat> within 3 hours, they're down to heads up, generally speaking. The heads up component is what can take the while. So, do some players tip it, hold an advantage? Yes. Sometimes you do get some a player that yes, they do have a you know a background in heads up or whatever it might be. Oftentimes they don't, and this is kind of their first foray into playing kind of a heads up match. So you're not necessarily always seeing the greatest heads up play. Sometimes you're seeing some tremendous heads up poker. Other times it's a little lackadaisical. There's a lot of mistakes made. Ways that either player could have finished the match earlier. But regardless, they've been playing for a long, long time. They're also at the end of the most prestigious tournament in poker. So get will be cut them some slack. But nonetheless, that's kind of how that works. So you play five levels. The first day you start at the 100-200 with the 200 big blind ass. So the 1-2-2 level. You play five levels. By the end of the day, you... Uh, I mean, you start with 60,000. The biggest level you're playing is the 300-600 level. So it goes 1, 2, 2, 2, 3, 3, 2, 4, 4, 3, 5, 5, 3, 6, 6. So the first day is, is, is very deep stacked. Very, very deep. And that's your chance to really acquire some chips, play some hands, whatever it might be, and take it in. You're there for the main event. You know, and, and some players do still late reg to the main event. Some show up right away. Whatever you want to do, that's for you. And whenever you do any kind of tournament, how you arrive, how you play it, when you play it, all of those things, that's your choice. It's your main event. You play it how you want to play it. That's for you. Um, regardless, you're very deep stacked. And, and there's that word, uh, that, that term. So you're deep stacked to start the event. Okay, great. As you, because of the amount of chips in play, the amount of players in the field, you, as you survive, you continue to be more and more deep stacked. The idea is, is that they don't want the main event to kind of be decided by, okay, players are forced into kind of a shove fold situation. Um, a lot of all in and call, you know, they want it to be some poker play. They want it to determine who can win the biggest, in a way, most difficult tournament to win. I get that. And I mean, maybe that's why in turn it gets that prestige over maybe the PPC where, yeah, certain players are better mixed game players. Certain players are better at certain games in that mix, whatever it might be. But nonetheless, in the main event, it's a very deep stack tournament, the other thing you can't do is start to focus on those leaderboards too much. 
you see some players that get up to that first day lead. Oh my God, that person's in the lead on day one. Things can go very sour very quickly. Yesterday I was playing an event on PokerStars in the Micro Millions. There was 15, or sorry, 5,000 and something entrants. At one point I was all the way up to 15th place um, when registration ended. And uh, long story short, I think I finished in in the hundreds. So it's just things can turn so quickly. You get in the wrong end of monster hand versus monster hand. You run into a cooler situation, whatever it might be. You can't let these things get to you. But that's nonetheless, that's kind of the background. And that's kind of what is, is going on here at the main event. So... Again, winning the main event is kind of formulaic like any other tournament. Now, other tournaments like the PPC, where it's a mixed game event, there are certain strategies you can employ. Avoid your weaker events. Play, you know, try to dominate and crush your stronger events. A uh, good example of that was Phil Helmuth. Um, last few times, whenever he's played in these mixed game events, like actually at the, in Europe, he played. Uh, he came second in the eight game mix over there. So, and 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 again. Credit to Phil that he's gotten a lot better at some of the other games. But at the same time, he he's admitted in the past. Yeah, I avoid the games I'm not good at. and Or that compared to other players at the table, I know I'm weaker at those games. So I will tighten up during those rounds just to exploit in the better in my games that I'm better at. And, and why not? I mean, in the, in the main event, you don't have that luxury because you're all playing No Limit Hold'em. So that's the big thing there. But again, it's it's formulating like anything. It, it, it comes down to the same recipe for success. And that's, as I said, put yourself in positions to win and play to win. Find a path and take it. The other side of that is, um, and this is the big one here, is again, it comes down to decision making. You make good decisions you may, versus making bad decisions. And typically the player that won has done exactly that. They have made, it's on the balance sheet, the ledger, the T account of getting to the end, winning that main event comes down to they made significantly more great decisions than they did bad ones because we all make uh, the occasional slip up in every tournament, especially a 10 day tournament of two hour deep stack turn, uh, um, no limit hold and we all eventually make that slip up. We could have gotten more chips here. We lost more than we needed to here. Whatever it might be. Dario San Martin is a great example. There was that famous hand this year where he made the call thinking it was 17 versus 22. And I'd say he shouldn't have maybe made the call. Whatever it was, he lost more than he needed to in that situation. Still, he came back and finished second. Um, regardless, when you look at this, the winner is typically the person that makes the most that out their their good decisions outweigh the bad decisions and they've avoided as many detrimental decisions and mistakes as possible and that's really all there is to it so anyway i thought i'd give you guys that quick little uh main event ramble and basically it came down to that quote i saw i believe it was kale burns would say and it's, and it's true there is a predatory nature to cash game poker there really is strong players are looking to exploit and take advantage of weaker players. That's a fact. All right? Strong players aren't going to sit there and be like, oh, today's the day I can take on that. No, 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 no. That's why we have tournaments. Um, in cash games, especially as the stakes, actually at all stakes, 
There are guys that play the one, two, one, three games, two, three games that are very predatory in nature. Those games can be incredibly predatory in nature. Um, where, yeah, you quickly find out where you stand in the grand scheme of things. In tournaments, that does get erased to a certain extent. Because now all of a sudden, you have variants that you can't necessarily overcome. So now you have to start thinking outside the box. You have to get creative. A lot of things play more in tournaments than they do in, pardon me, in cash games. You know, where you could just keep, you could just buy back in. You could reload your chips, whatever it might be. In tournaments, you don't get that same luxury necessarily. The main events of difference are because of how deep structured it is. In that the inverse is kind of true. If you don't take the chances and you aren't eliminating players and players aren't walking away and they are finding reasons to ways to survive, there's more ways to regain ships. You can, and that's the problem there. In other tournaments that aren't necessarily structured that way, that aren't necessarily as deeply structured, again, you need to eliminate players. Players need to go away so that you can win the, the tournament, cash the tournament, whatever it might be. Nonetheless, um, that's just a little bit of poker content, a little bit of poker ramble that I thought I would have today. Uh, anyway, I thought I would just uh, throw that out there for you guys today. Uh, I know I've been getting some feedback over on Instagram and some friends have been saying, hey man, you haven't really done a lot of poker lately. So all right, let's talk some poker. Talk some poker today. Uh, there is a WSOP circuit stop coming up uh, in uh Las Vegas at the Planet Hollywood. That event gets started um, tomorrow, actually. So let's take a quick look at the schedule there. Um, something the circuit did, I think, starting last season. So last season's uh, circuit was they rounded up a lot of... The, they rounded. I shouldn't say rounded up, but they rounded a lot of the um, buy-ins. So you had some of these weird, like, $225, $365, um, $1,565, $1,650 buy-ins. Whatever it is, they just kind of said, okay, let's keep these rounder numbers. So it was kind of like the, the, the stages became kind of 250, 400, 1700, and 2200. Um, I think they might have a, a couple of $600 events. I'm not sure. But nonetheless, let's take a look at the schedule here for Vegas. I'll give you my thoughts on this. Um, but nonetheless, we have, uh, the first event is going to be a $250 no limit hold'em. Oh, the other thing too about the circuit, um, as opposed to the main world series, uh, as, um, in terms of different, uh, uh difference is a, the buy-in levels, uh, the circuit tends to have lower buy-in levels. Um, B circuit gives out rings as opposed to bracelets. Um, and three, uh, the the, the uh, circuit events typically tend to be kept. Um, they usually will have a hor one horse event, but it's typically kept to horse, Omaha, and Hold'em. Uh, and when I say Omaha, it's usually typically pot limit Omaha. But it's a standalone Omaha event. Otherwise, there is Omaha high low as part of horse. But you guys all know what. Uh, well, shouldn't say you guys all know horse, but for those of you that play horse, you know that it is limit Hold'em um, and limit Omaha being played there. Uh, so that's the difference, whereas in the World Series of Poker in the uh, summer, the bracelet events, that's when you play all the variants. All the games are, are being played, all the, you know, so that's the big difference there. I, I would like to see the circuit expand a little bit and maybe offer some different games. Um, that could be something we see going into next season. I don't know. 
I don't know if the demand is there. I don't know, but we'll see. I would love to see it. I think you could create it. I think you might start seeing some of these players that do play the 1500s and even some of the 10K events in the summer. You could see them now playing uh, some of these circuit events, oh, which, is kind of, which is good and bad. I mean, I don't think it's bad for the game. I think it's good for the game because uh, it's going to draw in players, uh, build the prize pools. Um, but also, too, as a player myself, I would like that. It gives me more opportunity to play those games live rather than, you know, house games or mixed games and, you know, whatever it might be. So, nonetheless, let's look at the schedule here for this uh, circuit stop in uh, for the 2019-2020 WSOP circuit uh, at the Plan Hollywood. So, the first event uh, is going to be uh, three entry flights, uh, a $250 no-limit hold'em, a uh, $75,000 guaranteed prize pool, uh, 10,000 starting chips. Uh, do they have a structure sheet here? Um, I'm assuming 30-minute levels. Uh, if I'm being honest, but nonetheless, uh, 10,000 chips. There is a 7 p.m. entry flight on Friday, November. That one's going to be 20 minutes. They call it a turbo with 20-minute levels. So I'm assuming uh, they are 30-minute levels. Uh, the other thing that's interesting there, too, is payouts start on day one. So you can cash on day one. Uh, I've been there where you bag and tag just to not cash. Man, does that is that a shitty feeling. So it's a nice one. I like seeing events where you're getting paid right away. Uh, the next event, again, three entry flights, uh, is a $400 no-limit hold'em, $100,000 guarantee. Again, there's a 7 p.m. flight on Saturday, November 16th. Uh, that's a turbo with 20-minute levels, so I'm going to assume again that the other two entry flights are 30-minute uh, levels. This one, you start with 15000 in chips, so a lot of chips to work with. Uh, on the next event after that is a $400 no-limit hold'em uh, bounty. Uh, every bounty is $100, so four bounties and you're free rolling, so that's nice to see. Uh, the next one after that's a $400 No Limit Hold'em, 50000 guaranteed prize. Well, just basically kind of like your standard event. Uh, the next one's a $400 uh, Pot Limit Omaha, $25,000 guaranteed prize pool, $15,000. Uh, the reason why this one will have a, guarantee, uh, a lower guarantee is there are going to be less players, especially this time of year. Holidays are coming up. Thanksgiving's coming up next weekend. Uh, that, that's something to consider as well. Uh, the, oh, I guess the other thing too that I should mention about the World Series in the summer versus the circuit. World Series, uh, during the summer has longer blind levels. They're typically an hour long, um, for most, most events are typically an hour long, especially as you get into the thousand dollar plus, um, binds, they're all, at um, an hour long. Some of those lower ones, especially this year where they had way more under a thousand, those ones might vary. Um, I know the big 50 had a, uh, had 50 minute levels, so it varies, but typically at the, at the circuit, it's half an hour. I think the main events, um, prefer, um, per circuit stop are 45 minute levels. Uh, but nonetheless, Back to the breakdown here. We have a $400 pot limit Omaha. We have a $400 no limit hold'em six-handed, $15,000 or 15,000 chips. Uh, that's the one that jumps out at me. Uh, if I'm playing no limit hold'em, I do like a shorter table. Uh, I try to play eight max at most. I think I think all tournaments, in all honesty, should be eight max. Uh, but the reason why they go more, I think, is just to fit more people in. Uh, less resources being needed, less tables, less dealers, all of that. But nonetheless, I believe true poker, true no-limit hold'em shouldn't be played uh, more than eight-handed. So six-handed tournament, to me, that gets me going. That gets me going, I think, in the same way you see some players getting excited for the term deep stack. Um, but anyway, 
There is a tag team event. Um, following that, it's a one-day event, $250 buy-in, uh, 15,000 uh, chips. There's a $400 No Limit Hold'em double stack with 30-minute levels, 30,000 in starting chips. So that's like that's a true deeper stack tournament. Uh, then they have a monster stack event. This one might be, I don't know if it's going to be a 45-minute levels or not, but it's also a $400. So there's, there's three events there um, between the 19th, uh, to the 21st that have a certain allure to me that I'd be like, yes, uh, those are the events I would want to play. Um, actually even four events. I, I do like tag team events. They can be fun. Um, uh, but yeah, there's a $400 monster stack with a hundred thousand dollar guaranteed prize pool. Uh, after that, what do we have here? We've got, uh, 250, we got a 1700. So we got a seniors event, $250. Uh, $250, 20-minute level, so like a little turbo, so to speak. I like, people like to use that word, too. Oh, this is a turbo. Oh, it's a turbo. You hear that a lot when people play, like, their local charity game or whatever it is, their weekend poker. I remember when I'd play here at some of the local, uh, when we had more of the kind of charity weekend games, there'd always be that one person that'd be like, oh, it's, oh, it's a turbo. Oh, it's a hyper turbo. Wherever you're getting these terms from, it is what it is. That kind of commentary, that's for you. I mean, of course it's a fucking turbo. It starts at 10 p.m. It has to be over by 2 a.m. It's, it, it, yeah, yeah. It is turbo. It is hyper turbo. Whatever you want to call it. Wherever you learned that, whether it be Poker Stars or someone told you. It is what it is. If you like playing some of these fast movements, so be it. It's up to you. I don't mind them. I don't mind. For me, it's just personal preference. Once you sign up to play, you're signing up to play. So in, in all honesty, the structure really isn't at, like, to me, it just doesn't fucking matter. It is what it is. Take it. If, if I'm signing up to play, I'm signing up for that structure. I'm understanding I have X amount of levels, X amount of minutes per level, and X amount of chips. Let's get to work. After that, you have the two-entry flight uh, $1,700 main event, uh, the million-dollar guaranteed prize pool, 30,000 starting chips, so that's always fun. You, uh, and then they have a few events afterwards. They have a $400 No Limit Hold'em, uh, 15,000 starting chips. Uh, actually, two No Limit Hold'em, uh, both with 15,000 starting chips. Uh, they have a high roller, a $2,200 high roller. So again, you can play, if you if you want to play a smaller field event, that would be your one to do so. And again, you're not going to break your the bank necessarily doing it. And I mean, it's, it, it, that might actually be relatively easy to sell action to. And if you're going to sell action, that's probably the event you're going to do it. So if you want to sell action, go for it. That that would be your one to do it. $2,200 high roller, uh, 30000 in chips. And then they have a casino employees event afterwards. So overall, it's a great... Um, there's only one uh, Omaha event here I see. Rest is all no limit hold'em. Uh, it could be a great little bankroll builder. Just some good tournaments. Overall... I have no real complaints about the structure of any of the circuit events. You start with enough chips. This might be one of those cases where if you're a little bit, you know, on the fence, maybe get there on time. You know, if, if you don't, if you're worried about, you know, being short stacked, pardon me. If you're worried about being short stacked, get there on time. Right? It, but overall, they have great starting stacks for what they are, for the amount you're paying, the prize pools, good stop. I like it. Plant Hollywood, um... They, they do a decent job with their uh, hosting their circuit events. The thing that's nice about when they host circuit events is they're not competing for staff anymore. 
It's not the summertime where you're basically trying, where everybody's competing for staff. Now they can kind of bring in staff. They have it. They run, I, I should say, they do a very good job. I've always had a decent, a, a good time when I played circuit stops at the Planet Hollywood. Uh, the other thing that's good about it too is if you're staying at the Planet Hollywood, it's quite convenient too. The events are usually held on the mezzanine. There's elevators to your floor right there on the mezzanine. So it's kind of easy access to so during breaks. You can go up to your room if you need to, whatever it might be. Um, and I've even done it where I've gone to the gym, brought my clothes, done my workout, whatever, showered, and then gone straight and played. So th there's a lot of those kind of things involved, but that's, that's just me. Anyway, uh, I think I can leave it there for today. I thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Seems Legit podcast. Um, for any of you that might be playing uh, this WSOP circuit event uh, at the Planet Hollywood, best of luck to you. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed this. If you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, make sure to check out our friends of the podcast. We do have Vegas Squares podcast. We do have Zero Gravity Games. We do have uh, Skin Dimensions, Tattoo and Piercing. And we also have Selfix Doctors located here in Winnipeg at 666 St. James Street. Please visit them for any cell phone, tablet, and screen repair needs you might have. Mention the Seems Legit podcast. Receive 10% off. I thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Seems Legit podcast. Follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the Dude Sunny D. Take care and bye-bye for now.